All right, this is going to be a show and tell. Uh, tonight, we're going to have Paladin Archives. July Marathon is going to be the subject. Um, we're going to have a Paladin with us from Paladin's Archives and Edwin Nagy from Frog God Games here to talk about the setting for the marathon. It's going to be based on a, uh, or excuse me, it's going to be going to a charity water. The fundraising is going to, to happen for that. And I'd like to go ahead and introduce uh, Paladin and Edwin. And would you guys, uh, Paladin, go first, if you don't mind, just uh, tell us sure. a little bit about who you are and what you're doing here tonight. Yeah, so uh, my name is Paladin. I'm the owner of Paladin's Archives. I'm a professional dungeon master. I've been doing this for about a year, been a DM for, for 12. Um, I, I am the current... Uh, well, myself and 73 others are uh, the world record holders for the longest continuous uh, TTRPG session from December doing Mad Mage. And we're going to do it again, breaking that record in July doing uh, Rap and Ethics. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And how many hours is the current record that you guys had just set? 440 and a half hours. It's a lot of hours. It's about 20 days. And, it's, and you have more than doubled the previous record. So that's quite an achievement there. Wow. Um, now Edwin, how are you tied into this and what are you doing here tonight? Well, I uh, I guess Paladin reached out to me a couple months ago and said that uh, he was planning this excitement. And I mm -hmm. uh, am one of the managing partners of Frog God Games who publishes Rappanathic. And so we are, I, mean, I think one of the main reasons people go into game publishing is to see people playing the games that you publish. You know, that's sort of the best payback. And so uh, I got really excited to see that he was going to put Rappanathic through its paces, that we we're going to have hundreds of hours of play and, and said I would do what I could to help support it both, you know, behind the scenes and then also uh, up front. And so, yeah, so I'm here as part of the infrastructure. Well, yeah, it sounds like the this structure you're mentioning has got plenty of uh, material for a long-term game, which this uh, is going to be shaping up to be. Uh, so do you want to, Paladin, you want to tell us about what uh, your the event is uh, sort of from a, a larger, uh, higher level view, take view down onto it, um, overview, I guess? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so so Rappanathic, uh, it's about 660 pages for the fifth edition book. I know that it was transferred from second edition back in the TSR days in the 1980s. Um, and it's also got a Pathfinder variant as well for rules, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I believe. And so we're going to be doing the 5e version of it, uh, running the, trying to run as much of it as we can. I'm not confident we'll get through the whole book. It's actually rather, rather massive. Um, and also the way that we have it structured, it makes it um, a little bit more team oriented to try to get through it as opposed to doing it as a standard party of four or five but there's going to be six players there and each player has a role that they fit into and these roles have various classes and things that they specialize in and so whenever someone joins whenever a player joins they can pick one of these roles to play and whenever they come to play the game they'll fit into that character that they're going to be taking over from the previous player and so kind of like in an interlaced format Players are just going to be every four hours changing off. The same thing with the Dungeon Masters. Um, and so every two hours, either the Dungeon Masters or the players will change off. So there's some continuity going on. So it's not going to be a whole table change every four hours. It's going to be like at 10 a.m., it'll be the Dungeon Master that changes. And then 12 p.m., two hours later, it'll be the players that change. And that way you have some sort of continuity of the story and what's going on from beginning to end. Uh, and then that's going to be from July 1st. We're going to start at 8 a.m., 
uh, Central Standard Time and end it at August 1st at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, so long as nothing breaks. <laughs> you know, you, you could have chosen February if you wanted to do a month. A short month. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, a short month. <laughs> not, the, not a 31-day month, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but it's going to run on, we're going to do it on Foundry, Discord. It's going to be live streamed on Twitch. In addition to, to it having so many players, I think that also a very large aspect of it is going to be put on the viewers as well. Because viewers have a massive impact on the gameplay. They can either assist the players by giving them things like money, potions, or magic items, or they could entirely get in their way and do the opposite, where they're throwing even more danger at them or putting more lethality in their way, <laughs> or even the randomness of a of a D ten thousand random magic a random effect table. So um, there's a lot that the that the viewers can do in just watching the stream. When you get viewer points, and they can spend those viewer points, which are free. So um, there's a, that's a whole other aspect to the game that really will throw either a wrench or some blessings at people as we go through the game. But other than that. Uh, it's a, right now. It's a lot of us prepping the game, so getting the maps imported in, putting dynamic lighting, getting the bestiary imported, which is already done, 100% done. <laughs> All 150 pages are put into Foundry, and yeah, and now it's like going into signups uh, and try, and then going into uh, teaching people how to use the software and spending all of June to to get to know people and make sure everything is set up and ready to go. So we're kind of in the last leg. Of the preparation phase, because uh, it's uh, it, there's a lot of prep. We've been preparing since since New, New Year, so it's been five, four months, almost five months of prep almost. time that we've been preparing so far. Yeah. So, do you already have a timetable? Can you uh, let us know then? Uh, you've got uh, separate timetables for signing up for your your DM groups and then also your players groups. Do you want to go over those as far as when you're mm -hmm. going to have uh, your you know openings for those? Sure, yeah. So as far as Dungeon Masters go, uh, Dungeon Masters can sign up as soon as today. Signups have been open since uh, since the new year started, but I think that um, people have been waiting more till May, because that's when player signups are open. Uh, so within the first week from May 1st to May 8th, uh, we have group and team signups. So either groups of two to five, or entire player teams of six can join the game. And if a player team of six joins are going to be put in a separate bracket um, where they're going to be able to compete against each other, uh, getting various points for things that you can achieve during the game, like most, mon most monsters killed, most, most loot attained, most chaos caused, etc. Um, and at the very end, whoever has the most points will get this, uh, this treasure hoard of, of things that I'm currently amassing. So uh, I think some of that's going to be from Frog Gods. I have a couple of other... Uh, companies are also giving some things like uh, 3D, 3D map making software from Misty. Misty Wall is one of them. I'm going to throw a couple of things for myself in there, like dice or some shirts, and just try to make this big pile as big as I can to give to whoever that team of six is going to be in the end. I was just going to say, so that sounds like you're, you've got a tournament inside of the game itself, inside of the marathon itself, right? So you've got competition going on there. That's adds another level of people uh, and is that only for groups of six that sign up together or they're like in a special bracket yes that's only okay. for groups of six unfortunately i can't put it for all groups because then it's just, it'll be too many to, to try to compete in each other with understood uh, and then uh for the dungeon masters um yeah like i said they can sign up at any time um i think that also 
dungeon masters that sign up with like if they want to bring their table of players like a team of six players and a dungeon master that could also be a thing you group them together into one and have them play together every single time so so that way if people want to play with their friends they can and they can get that time slot um uh, oriented towards them every single week whenever they want to do it and then starting on may 8th then people that only want to play by themselves it's just them no one else then they'll be able to start signing up and playing do you have uh how how do you have it set up as far as what's the commitment they're going to have to sign up for and also what are the sort of uh safety factors you're building in so you don't have people that are just mm-hmm. you know running themselves ragged on this how do you have that uh set up oh of course no that's a very good question so so the way we have it set up is we um made it so that there is a 107 players that could sign up so that's about 17 players that can sign up per role and 17 dungeon masters. And if you do the math, it, it ends up being somewhere between two and three sessions a week, with the majority of those being two that people are committing to. So when they come, they're, they're committing to at least two sessions every week, which ends up being eight sessions total for the month of uh, July. And so um, in addition to that, like that two session a week thing is gonna be is gonna play a huge factor in limiting a lot of the stress of, of playing so much. Because one thing that we saw when we did the marathon the first time is that people were dropping out from playing too frequently and too often. Uh, there's someone like me that can play 16, 20 hours a day and I'm fine. But then there's someone else that's like, oh, I played four hours and I'm just like, oh no, I'm already dropping out after four. So we just want to make sure that we're planning things to the to people's, um, you know, like the weakest link or the people that are going to be our most frequent or most common type of people um, that are not used to playing more than four four hours or even like more than once a week sometimes. So we just want to make sure that we're keeping them safe and their sanity safe because then otherwise you'll get about halfway in the marathon, you'll see a huge drop in the number of uh, attendants. And then that's going to put a lot more stress on everyone else. I mean, and then it's kind of a feedback. If you get more stress, you get more dropout. You get more stress, you get more dropout. So trying to prevent that from from happening to begin with um, is a large part of uh, what went into this planning for this event. Um, in addition to that, we also had some problems in the Mad Mage where people would join for one or two sessions and then they would drop. Or we had people that would commit an immense amount of time and then drop. And so you would get all of these random holes and all of these really large holes that would cause problems as well. And so kind of to battle some of that, having a large number of people uh, is already going to naturally fix some of that, but also uh, putting something like a cost up front so that people are paying into it. And um, so if people only play one session, then, you know, they're only paying uh, for that one session as opposed to like paying for eight, which you get more of your your money's worth, the more sessions that you play. Uh, And the cost to enter the game is going to be $20 for players and dungeon masters that join don't have to pay anything, so they'll they'll be that'll be free for them. So is that per slot for a player then, or you said, or was it going down if you sign up for more than one slot? Uh, it's twenty dollars for the whole event, regardless of number of uh, sessions that you do. If people sign up in teams or groups, it is a little bit cheaper, uh, like two or three dollars cheaper per person. Um, but other than that, yeah, and then dungeon masters are don't have to pay anything because they also have all they have to do an immense amount of work anyway, so. Uh, it, it wouldn't be right to charge the dungeon master to to participate in something like this. <laughs> no, I see exactly what you're saying because you've got the work of the prep for the game and everything on top of of doing the participation with your Twitch. Um, right. So how how has that part, as far as breaking up or deciding how a DM is going to be prepping for this particular module here, 
uh, Rappanatha that is so large. Do you did you talk to uh, Edwin about like splitting it up or how it's sort of been developed? You know, are there particular ways that is going to make it easier for uh, getting the material to the DMs? So um, whenever I talked with Edwin, I think we had just started our preparation or at least our planning. Um, but as far as the preparation and everything goes, uh, we had set up systems to amass different information. So we have a, a master manual that's going to go to both players and dungeon masters that has all the information that everyone needs to know. It's about 57 pages long. <laughs> it is massive. Um, yeah, no. and in, yeah, it's very short, very <laughs> tiny. <laughs> Um, but it includes everything anyone can have a question about, like how does VDO work, which is one of the softwares they're using. Uh, map, like the map making software. How does Foundry work? Like how do you do this or that? Where to find this? How to play certain roles? Where do you find the maps? What are the rules they were using? So that way everyone has all the information up front to begin with on what's going to be going on. Um, now as far as the maps and how we like separated the prep and everything, uh, that's kind of been, um, we've been doing it in our spare time as we could. Uh, on, on, I mean, I'm unlike, unlike myself, other people have a full-time job. <laughs> I mean, this is my full-time job. I, I just do this 24-7. So, um, so other people kind of like give little bits of prepping for maps and monsters here and there. Um, but we've been doing well with that so far, and we're almost done with all of the maps. So uh, it'll be done by the time signups are, are done next week. You know, one, of the, one of the nice things about rapanathic is that mm -hmm. it's a it's an adventure that i think an experienced gm can most of the levels can run fairly quickly you know it's not something that requires a huge amount of prep for any given you know any given level or any given part of it there's a few levels that are complicated and i think i'm sure you guys have sort mm -hmm. of figured out like put little flags on those like oops, player characters might go here this is one that you really need to prep because there's some, you know, there's some sliding walls type thing going on, or there's some, you know, some big puzzle or some um, uh, different personalities and how they interact with each other, that sort of thing. But in general, it's a lot of, you know, kick in the door, kill the monster, take the loot type of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and for most GMs, you know, that's a pretty, you know, they can read a room or two ahead and they've already skimmed it once. They're probably mm -hmm. going to be uh, doing well on it. Yeah, this is very true. One of the things that I really like about this module is that you really, whenever I first bought it and I got the book, I was like, okay, let's say that I just joined as a GM. If I just open the page randomly, can I run the game? Yes. And so I opened like 20 different spots in the book and I was like, yeah, I don't need to read much. Everything is just right there. It's so short. It's literally just bust in, open the door, kill the things, move on. And there are a couple of areas that are very RP focused, but it's not that much and you really could condense all of that into maybe like a two-page word document if anything so <laughs> which makes it easy yeah. uh to run so i mean that, that's the nice thing about that now where it's going to be difficult is going to be um the communication across different dungeon masters and across different uh tables and different players about various things in the dungeon um if it was only limited to only my time and what's going on in my table during my session then that's fine you know i could do whatever i want but it's not and so things that I do are going to affect the other people that are going to come in on the next session and then the next session and the next part, right? Um, and so having a core place to communicate rule changes or like decisions that other dungeon masters make. Because 5e and, or really any TTRPG system can, can put as many rules as you want. They're not going to be able to account for every single possible thing that could happen. And right. so having a centralized place to put the, that information 
for everyone to have, or even like how certain factions or NPCs might view the party or other things is going to be really essential and also really hard uh, challenge to do as well because you got to do that for however many days it's going to be. And the further you go, the bigger that text becomes and the more nuanced they get. So then you got to get different systems for organizing all of this information in a way that's not going to overwhelm someone. Right. Yeah. After after the player yeah. characters burn down, you know, level thirteen uh, B, and <laughs> or or they flood, you know, they flood this level in order to do something. Okay. What is the effect of that on the next several groups of adventurers coming through? I think that's pretty fun. Uh, pretty fun stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that pretty much sums up uh, what is a mega dungeon, at least the way you've been speaking about it. It's it's huge and it's kind of confined, at least you've, you're underground. So you've got an area that you don't have to, like you're saying, you can run the game based on what you read. And there's not, you know, you don't have to have a, a lot of things prepared ahead of time in case they go racing off somewhere because there's not an extra village that you'd have to make up on the fly you know, down on, on dungeon level 14 or whatever. I mean, there's always well, there is actually, but, uh, there's the goblin village, but, but you're right. No, in general, in general, you're absolutely right. That uh... <laughs> It's not extra. That one's already in the book. There you go though. So, so that part's done for you. Um, yeah. It's not like they're going to traipse off across the country or hop a boat to another, you know, down the river and suddenly go somewhere else. Uh, presumably well, that's going to be, I assume that's part of the, the sort of the social contract on this one is like, this is what right. you're here for. <laughs> right, right. So do you have a, how are you going to handle character death? Because uh, mm. Rappanathak is kind of frequently. has a reputation for frequent. It's going to be lethality, very frequent. right? Yes, yes. We kept that in mind as well. So um, I have to kind of take a couple steps back before I can answer that really. So one of the things in Mad Mage that we realized, well, the way we did it back then is that it was five characters. But it was the same five characters regardless of how many times they died from beginning to end. And so they would be resurrected. They would just get a different class, but it'd be the same character. Um, and so we realized there were a couple of problems with that. Uh, people like having the agency to have their own characters and make their own characters and having variability. Um, and then also when you have a single character that everyone is sharing, there tends to be a little bit more story that people invest into it, which then causes problems as that goes across tables. Because then some people are like, oh, we added this thing or we did this character development part of this or that and people kind of have some breakdown in communication which causes problems so to solve that we needed to have characters that would die often <laughs> as bad as that sounds <laughs> we can't so get too that... attached to you <laughs> um so wrapping up is like oh great great high lethality high death very little attachment let's go this is fine <laughs> um and so that was part of our decision on why to choose wrapping ethic uh, the second thing is, okay, well, now we have a lot of character death. Now what are we going to do? Um, so what we did is that uh, whenever a character dies, that character, of course, is going to be replaced by another one. Um, there's going to be a home base where everybody comes back to. So the intention is that you're going down in Delves, you're going into the dungeon, you're coming back. For one reason or another, there's going to be something holding you back from discovering the whole thing, whether it's because your HP is low, you're running out of food or water. There's going to be aspects to be added with the variant rules that 5e has and Dungeon Master's Guide um, that are going to cause the party to slow down. And if they're not careful, they can have a TPK. In addition to having all the things that are in the dungeon, right? You got to not worry about all this other stuff as well. So whenever they come back to this space, there's going to be a total of 17 characters there. Each role from rolls one through five will have three. And roll six is going to have two. 
that one is our our chaos role it's a uh, very <laughs> very high end very uh we could talk about that a little bit more in a second but um uh, but basically you they have the option of having various different characters they can take down and if one of them dies then they can make a new one to replace that but that character is going to start at level one as opposed to the level that they ended at and then they have to start the whole process of getting that character leveled up now um the level one aspect of having a new character is not permanent. They can do various things like quests or upgrading their, their home base to increase what that level is going to start at. So maybe the next, so maybe they might upgrade their base a little bit, then they start at level two or three or four. So that way it's not so debilitating the further we get. Right. So that, so you're not starting like, yeah, we're at like level 12, but then we have a level one character with us, which could be very um, detrimental to the progress of the game. Absolutely. Uh, so as far as you've talked about the rules, the lethality of the dungeon as it comes, uh, do you mm -hmm. want to go into some of the player roles, the way you broke them down and, and are going to have people picking from those as they make their party up? Sure. So we have uh, six roles in the game. Um, I actually got to pull up my image here on the side so I can look at them as a reference because right, give me just a second. Uh, but essentially, whenever people uh, join the game, they're going to be coming into, and I guess I could put this into the chat if possible. Here, I'll send it there. So you can look at it if you want it as a reference. Uh, but essentially, there's going to be six roles that players can join into. Uh, there's the brawn, the scout, the brain, the light, the voice, and then there's a completely random role at the end, the sixth role. And so each one of these uh, roles is based around a, um, an ability score. So brawn is strength, scout is dexterity, brain is intelligence. Light is wisdom and, and uh, the voice is charisma. The only one we didn't choose was constitution. It is not really a particular class that's based only around constitution. Right. Um, however, uh, yeah, each one of these roles will have uh, three core classes that they can choose from to make a character from, in addition to a few optional classes they, that they can. So like role one, the brawn will have like paladins, spiders, and uh, barbarians that are always going to be there. But they have the option uh, whenever when we do player signups to choose uh, two optional classes to add on top. So they can have also like wizard and warlock, which are primarily based in strength, which a primary based strength uh, wizard sounds really weird, but it's possible. <laughs> it is completely possible. It's not, not something you see often, but it's doable. Uh, or, a, or they could choose clerics or they can have um, a strength based uh, rogue. No, not I think it's rogue and bard, like swashbuckler and... Uh, I forget what the rogue one is called exactly, um, but uh, these are the these are the options that players will have to make characters from as we go through the game. And then there's the chaos. So whatever whatever optional classes do not get chosen from rolls one through five are going to get sent to roll six, and they're going to have the option to get the rest of everything else that was not want that was not wanted by the other rolls. Um, and in addition to that, the chaos is a forced multi-class character. All of the other Classes are the other roles are not allowed to multi-class, but role six is the one that's forced to multi-class. So they're gonna get 10 levels in two different classes of subclasses, and it's gonna be completely random what it is. They don't get to choose what they are. It's just gonna be roll of the die. It's gonna be okay. Now we have a barbarian, barbarian, uh, I don't know, like cleric, put them together. This is what it what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also gonna be a completely random race, random background, and also it's gonna be random stats. It's gonna be rolled stats. So it's just 100 percent random. So, so that leads <laughs> that leads me to to think that I think you may have mentioned this on one of the Twitch streams that you had about this. Though, this is not uh this is not a learning experience. This is going to be for players who who have experience and want to jump in and play and know what kind of know the system and know what they're doing, right? 
Right, right. This is very true. And for multiple reasons. I mean, the thing is that whenever we went through the Mad Mage, as much as I love new players and I love playing, you know, with, with brand new players and holding their hand and getting it through it, this is unfortunately is not one of those type of events where you can do that because there's not a lot of time in between sessions. I mean, there is no time between sessions because it's all just one session from beginning to end. Um, and so when you have people that are very brand, brand new and you're in an event such as this, especially one where Rappin Ethic is so high in the lethality and you have all these variant rules and you got to know multiple classes, the requirement or really the expectation, you got to know at least something, some basic things about the game kind of goes up. And so uh, as a recommendation, we said at least one year of like consistent playing experience, but that's like loose, you know, maybe some people might have done that over a period of six years or seven years because maybe not everyone plays a game every week maybe it's people have played on and off and it's been a couple of years and they play it again um but as long as it estimates to maybe like about a rough one year then that's that's all, that's all you need as long as you know the base rules and how to play uh dnd or even if you played another edition let's say that you played uh 3.5 and you haven't really played fifth edition before that's still kind of an easy carryover it's a little bit more, more rules light um, but you still need at least some base knowledge of how 5e is different than 3.5. So we're not talking about three point, like five footsteps and tacos uh, with in 5e. <laughs> so, um, so, right. And so we do, uh, you know, just because it's such a team event and it's so reliant that people are working together, you want it to prevent, you want to prevent as little friction and breakdowns of communication across people as possible. So, so it is um, exp uh, good to have some experience with the edition before coming to this game absolutely that, yeah yeah because you want it to be yeah. smooth the play experience is about like you said it's going to be segments but it's all one session so yeah run through that on the uh on, while you're playing live so right um do you want to interject anything edwin about rap rap and athak whether it's the fifth edition version whether it's uh, like for swords and wizardry any of the other editions that you guys have available um what's available for it you know like vtt's for uh is it maybe fantasy grounds that you might have out there for it along with uh you know drive through and the hard covers or hardbacks from frog gods um yeah so rapid ethic has been uh sort of one of our mainstays for for years so i think i think actually our first edition was uh 3.0 and I, just to correct an early we have there there is no uh no tsr connection Although the, oh, there's the not, is not that I'm far sorry. off, but it's, it's okay. all good. It's all, I just uh, didn't want people to get confused there. Um, so yeah, so we have that, we have Pathfinder, uh, we have a Swords and Wizardry, and then most recently, and that was already several years ago, was the uh, 5e version. And each time it's been, uh, each time the rules have been adapted, there's you know, we get a few more levels, it grows a little bit. It's it's really a um it's almost an organic dungeon in the sense that you know it's it's like you know it's well let's play this and then we add this and then somebody writes another piece and so it has grown a lot over the uh, decades and so that's kind of fun and then i was working on the uh the fifth edition translation that was one of the early projects i had with when i first joined up with frog god so that was kind of fun to uh take Basically, to do a little bit of what Paladin's doing was basically to try to keep the old school lethality, the old school style of play, but get the mechanics, you know, as written for fifth edition. But what that means is that there's a lot, 
um, you know, there's more treasure, there's more, you know, there's plus three magic items in there, there's plus five magic items in there. We were, you know, there was still a lot of let's keep this, let's make sure that the people who play this, who are, who played in the first or second uh, editions still feel at home here. You know, it feels like they're, they're uh, their grandpa's dungeon or whatever. Um, and so I think it's sort of a nice compromise in that sense. And then it sounds like a lot of these uh, home rules to sort of tor tournament rules you know which is another classic uh gaming thing is like how do we how do we sort of moderate between multiple tables of players and how do we keep something going and and so i think that's really fun to see uh what these this group has done you know and thinking about how it has been done over the years at different gaming conventions when there were tournaments or you know play by post convent you know whatever like there's so many ways of doing this stuff um but yeah so for this one i think um it was pretty fun to be able to because we're in the the era that we're in to be able to say yeah we have digital maps yep we have digital tokens uh and that we could share those with them and say you know obviously we didn't have the foundry play set created uh, i think i think you are correct um that we do have fantasy grounds just as of recently and i'm not sure it's complete so i, I would need to double check that uh, but yeah, it's certainly available. Uh, PDFs are available on drive through The hardcover and the PDFs are available on our website. Uh, it may even be available through Amazon. We should probably check that before I say it too often. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and and in terms of the PDFs, you know, whatever your favorite rule set is, it's available. And then there are map packs. There are other, you know, as we when we were doing Kickstarters for some of these editions, of course, there were like uh special things that got added as stretch goals and so there's all these sort of add-on pieces um and one thing that i think i'm allowed to tease here is that we are yeah this isn't is this exclusive i don't know breaking news late breaking news um <laughs> is that we are writing uh we are finishing writing a new so in Rappanathic, there's a whole bunch of places where the map sort of trails down and it says to the Underrealms and there's no information at all given. And uh, we are uh, in the middle of making that. And if things work out well, we might just be able to tease a little bit of it in July. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited for that because I think that would be really fun to get some brand new material to this to this group so that they can uh play something that hasn't been seen before if you make it down far enough you may find uh some fresh passages have been made huh exactly well the passages exist you just have oh. to follow them it's, it's what's at the other end oh um, man yeah See, we may not... have to put some uh teleporters in i'm not sure how uh you know it may be many miles of passage and that may take a while we'll see we'll have to figure that out somewhere around july 15 what uh Watch now a year or two from now. Now I'm going to add all of that stuff on top of this and do another marathon and just make it two months at that oh. point. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So how did you two or how did you guys get connected on this? Did you start Paladin? Did you start out by deciding that's what you wanted to use? And then how was uh, the contact made with Frog? Oh, Guard? sure. I could definitely talk about it. Uh, so this is around the time whenever Wizards of the Coast was having their um their thing going on early in the year. <laughs> I think y'all know about it. 
the thing we don't so, talk about apparently <laughs> <laughs> so um so we were looking at okay well we want to make a marathon in july we need to start working on it now um what is something that we can do that maybe is not D five e so we start looking at pathfinder stuff we're like okay like well what if we can do 5e like we didn't know how the width of the coast was going to go down so you wanted to pick something that was going to be either 5e or pathfinder and that had versions for both but also a mega dungeon that also was high lethality and just like that's a very specific thing to look for and then we came upon rap and ethic and like oh here it go like it's being served on the gold platter just right there <laughs> uh so then uh after we decided like yes this is what we're gonna do um i reached out to jen i joined the discord and i yeah. talked with jen phantom jen um and then it's through her that i was able to talk with with edwin and we met and we talked more about it um and it's just yeah it's just gone from there really that seems yeah, yeah. tailor made resource that's going that's going to be hopefully exactly what you need for this and there's plenty to delve into right um so do you want to go back and talk about the charity a little bit that you're going to be raising money for right so charity water is an organ is a, a nonprofit organization that provides clean drinking water to people in areas that don't have access to it and so they go around making wells and it's completely volunteer based and so they keep none of the money themselves uh, when we did it in December, we raised almost $2,000 for them. And I think hopefully this time we'll raise about just as much, if not more. Uh, but they're a really good organization to to uh, to give money to. I think one of the top ones that is recommended for uh, for charities for um, to, to go give your money to, because they directly impact people's lives and health in areas that are really rural or suburban, even like in Africa or like in the Middle East, uh, making wells for people. So it's, it's really nice. Uh, they're a very good organization. Yeah, from what I saw uh, about checking out their website, and I'll have links in the show notes for this, that, that that's one of the organizations that puts uh, a, a, the majority, if not all of the income towards that. It's, you know, it's not one of those. Uh, right. You know, right. Your money was really doing some good there with that. Right. Absolutely. It's, it, it's some of the entry fee goes to them and then also I think donations. What, go ahead. I, yeah. I think 100% of it is going to go to them. Awesome. Uh, the way that the way that we had it set, it's supposed to be half towards charity and half towards the prep group. But I'm already donating my part and the prep group is not that big. And they've all confirmed that they're not keeping any of it. So really, 100 percent of it's going to go to charity water in the end. Awesome. So we're not keeping any of it. <laughs> and then is there you talked about the uh, the players being able, or not sorry, the players, the audience being able to mess with the game in various huh. ways. Is that also charity related or is that just free free for all? So uh, the Twitch viewer points are some are free. You don't have to pay any money for that. Uh, you just get points by by having the stream open on the side, and you just get points passively. So for every minute, you get like five points or something like that. And that it ends up being something like two hundred and sixty points an hour. And then there's differences between passive watching and active watching. There's little things you can click in the chat. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it is possible that. Um, that people that donate to the charity or that or that uh, contribute bits can have a different impact on the game. Uh, that is one of the things that we have talked about a little bit. We haven't confirmed anything with that yet. Uh, we wanted to wait till we got a little bit closer before deciding that. But it sounds like the uh, if I if I'm under if I'm doing my math correctly, you are now guaranteed to break last year's mark just on the uh, entrance fees. On the entrance fee, well, it'll be. Two thousand uh, one hundred and forty bucks. One hundred and forty dollars, yeah. 
So it'll beat beat it by about two hundred dollars. We're just shy of two thousand last time. Cool. Well, so as far as uh, signups going, you said uh, mentioned earlier it might have been before we started recording this though. You're going to have a website going live soon to to go mm-hmm. and check out for that. And of mm-hmm. course, we'll put that in the show notes. But you've also got a couple of Twitch streams you've done on the past couple Saturdays, which are excellent resources for uh, anybody that's interested in this going to uh, Paladin Archives on uh, the Twitch stream mm-hmm. and looking at those because uh, I stopped in and looked at those and they have a lot of information with more detail here. If you're interested in in helping run this, helping be a player in this, definitely would suggest checking that out. Absolutely. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing those up until the event just for, well, you know, to give updates on the progress, like looking at either the the different player, uh, sorry, the monster tokens or the maps, or even just answering questions that people might have, because maybe people want a real person to talk to and not just, you know, text, right? So just kind of giving opportunity to as many, in many ways, to as many people as possible to come and listen to it and also participate and ask questions and see where things are at. So, but yeah, if you guys want, watching this you're interested in coming to join then you know start, sign up starting about one week one week and, and a half no one week yeah exactly one week from today uh and the website we're gonna start having it up tomorrow but the signups won't start until monday and again that was signups for groups first and then a week after that you could start signing up as an individual that way you could you're gonna have less places to choose from, but if it, it you know as as far as that goes, but uh, you're encouraging people to bring uh, to come in and sign up as as a group earlier, get those mm-hmm. positions filled there. Um, I have seen uh, again on your on your Twitch, you are running uh, games, you know, weekly. You've got games. Uh, you do a lot of stuff. I mean, this seems like it would take a large amount of time, and yet you still also doing live plays and stuff during the week. Uh, do you want to mention your schedule sure. there? Oh, wow. Gosh, I do so much. <laughs> there, there's a running joke, and it's it's not a running joke because it's true that I don't sleep. And uh, it's been a thing. Well, ever since I was in the Marine Corps, I, I just I am, don't sleep like one or two days a week, and I can't. I'll just lay there in bed, and I, I got to do something. And so I get up, and I start doing stuff. So, yeah, like one or two days a week, I'm not sleeping through the night. That's pretty normal for me. Um, but as far as like Twitch goes and the stuff that I do uh, on Tuesdays, I run a Pathfinder second edition game that is set in a Spelljammer setting. Uh, and then I also do, well, I'm doing Dungeon of the Mad Mage again right now, but this time it's in 3D. So it's entirely 100% in 3D. And it's a VTuber campaign, which means that we're not using our faces. We're using virtual characters of ourselves to represent us. And they, mine's actually moves around with my face and I'm going to make everyone else's. So there's a move around. It'll be uh, their characters that they're representing that you can actually see. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, in addition to that, I also uh, stream, well, I do a video game stream now on Sundays. Uh, and <laughs> we're currently doing Raft right now. Um, and this Sunday, we're going to be doing a Capture the Clock, which is uh, a chicken that you come around and ch- chase and try to catch it, like Capture the Flag. It's really silly. Uh, I also do an art stream on Thursdays where I make art for people. Wait, was so it Capture this- the Clock? Capture the clucker. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Capture the clucker. That's the name of the chicken. Capture the, the clock at first. And I thought, well, that's less fun, but capture. Okay. All right. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's a little chicken <laughs> with like two huge eyes that goes walking around. And it's like, oh, you got to try to capture it and bring it back to your base. Um, and so that's what we're going to be doing on Sunday. <laughs> and it's on a raft in the middle of the ocean with a giant shark in the middle trying to eat you. So it, it gets really chaotic. Of course. <laughs> 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 but i also do an art stream on thursdays uh where i make art 
that's D&D related. Either I'm making 3D, a 3D modeling, or I'm making a map or drawing a character. And then I also interview someone about D&D at the same time. So someone comes on and then they tell me what they want to make and I make it for them while we talk about them and their experience with D&D. So that's, so that's a cool one. Um, I like doing that. And then I'm also writing a book of my own. I'm actually writing two. I'm writing my own little book that I'm going to be releasing really soon. That's called, um, you know, I can send it to you here. It's called A Paladin's Tome of Treasures, which is this, a book about random treasures that you can find in, in different locations in the world. Um, and they're all going to have, they're all going to be like unique or mundane or cursed or magical items you can find in various locations. And that's the cover that I made. I made it myself. Everything that I do, I make myself. So I don't pay anyone else to awesome. do anything for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm writing, I'm doing that in addition to writing a mega dungeon with someone else. And yeah, my time is pretty busy. And then, I, and then I'm here doing the mega dungeon stuff in between. So I got a full schedule, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah, it sure seems like you like to keep busy. <clears throat> yes. Um. Yeah, but Edwin, do you have anything you want to put out as far as the stuff you're doing personally for, you know, you still in the Call of Cthulhu um, AP that is, is, um, yep. In, uh, in about an hour, I will, uh, I will get back on the, uh, well, back onto Skype and we'll have our, uh, little Call of Cthulhu game is still going. Skype of Cthulhu. That's been awesome. Skype of uh, Cthulhu. Oh, and on Skype too. Oh, dang. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think I've been playing with them for, I don't know, six years now and it must be seven or eight years old. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been going a long time and that's been, that's been a hoot. That's a great group of people. And I really enjoy having the, uh, the horror gaming to mix in with the, the fantasy gaming. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, oh, well, uh, I have been and actually uh Howard and I are going to chat again but I have been uh, I I have joined another podcast. I don't think I've ever talked about that here. Uh this oh, old I've... dungeon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that one. Um and that's a it's a uh podcast where we take a an older published adventure, not necessarily a D&D adventure. We've done um well, we've done some Call of Cthulhu, we've done some uh all kinds of stuff, you know, superheroes and whatnot but basically we take an older adventure and we we talk about it briefly and then we talk about how we would renovate it for current use you know what things we would change what things we might steal what things are awesome in it and it's you know it's sort of the same of you know trying to put the positive on it but so it's not so much a review show as a well it's a you know this whole house right it's a renovation show what would we what would we uh do to make it new and exciting again mm -hmm. and that's been that's been a hoot and a half uh, that one you do that with is it Luau Lu and Bill Luau Lu and Ben Barsh. Yep. Ben. Okay, that's Bill's son, right? That's oh, right, Bill Barsh. I or Bill. Totally, okay. Yeah, Bill. It is Bill, not Ben. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. Sorry, and Bill. That was this old dungeon. Uh, no, I've, I've yeah, I've uh, I've heard that one. That's a an entertaining show too. I love that one. Um. All right. So can I circle back around and mention or ask Paladin, do you have anything in particular you want to go back and go into more detail um, or flesh out as far as the marathon goes? Uh, we mentioned the timing of it, but if uh, you want to hit anything, any points again, feel free. Um, I think, you know, I think that we pretty much covered a good scope of a lot of different things. I think really there's a lot that I can go into. 
I don't want to dig too much into the into the weeds about certain things, but um, just you know that we're still looking for dungeon masters. I think that's been one of the hardest aspects of it. But of course, it's it's only two months away still. So I think when we get closer, naturally more people will hop on as we get closer to July. So I'm not really that uh, concerned about um, not having uh, all 17 dungeon masters right now. We have three so far, and then a lot of people that are interested. Um, but yeah, if you're wanting to play probably better to sign up sooner than rather than later because that's when the most availability will be so if you wait too late you might not get your the time slot because you're working a nine to five and anything after five is going to be when people are going to the most be picking out the most and then you got nothing left but the but the midnight hours which tend to be the the least picked uh times so but that's for all your australians out there (laughs) yeah right i played with a lot of australians they they love that they were like oh yeah all of the people from 12 to 7 was either people from Africa or Australia. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you'll have a website soon, and we'll uh, go ahead and, and attach that when uh, when it's live. I think you said tomorrow. There, you're gonna I have guess. plenty of links to um the Rappanathak uh, products. If you guys want to take a look at that, there we're gonna have uh, links to um, Paladin's uh, Twitch and YouTube and Discord and. Well, really, and uh, that's that's as far as far as I know. That's what I've got here, and so you can look there for more information on this. But the July first is when that thing is going to be going uh, live for your, the month long marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, much luck to that and raising funds with that. Um, is yeah. there anything other than the marathon you want to talk about tonight? Uh, I think just the last thing is more than anything. If you guys want to reach out to me, I'm actually really easy to talk with. Just Add me on Discord and I'll chat away or just go into VC. I'm available to talk pretty much almost all day. I'm here just working on stuff. Just come and bug me. <laughs> and how about you, Edwin? Do you want to throw out your personal home number or anything like that for the fans out there that just want to ring you up? <laughs> Eight, six, seven, five, three, three oh, nine. Nine. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, you get a hold right. of me at Frog God Discord, Frog God website. That's all good. Um, I will say that uh, we are often looking for people to uh, who are uh, excited to be new writers uh, or experienced writers, but we are often looking to uh, to accept pitches for adventure writing. So if that's your jam, um, you can send something to. I feel like we have pitches at Frog God Games. Dot, nope, nope. Dot com. Nope. I'd have to get that email for you. Um, but yeah, you can absolutely. Uh, we're excited for that and. Uh, and similarly, you can come and hang out with us. That's yes, excellent Discord to join in um, as well. So I, if if we can find that, and you or you want to send me the, the email to add in for pitches, pitch ideas, we'll have that yep. attached uh, to the show notes as well. If you guys have any other final thoughts, feel free to just throw them at me right now, because we're about to finish up for this evening on the show and tell. Uh, it was a pleasure being here. Thank you for giving us time to come and talk about the adventure. Thank you a lot. Absolutely. This was awesome. Yes. I'm glad we can get this out ahead of time. Hopefully you can build momentum from now until the start of this. And you've got, uh, you know, plenty of uh, DMS and players ready uh, to go. And you have another successful marathon breaking the record yet again. So best of luck with that uh, Paladin. And thank you both for being here, Edwin. Um, I think we'll sign off for this evening and the tagline for RPG Academy is if you're having fun, 
and you're doing, you're doing it, right. it right. There you go. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that. 